What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for joining me in another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. We have a fantastic show for you today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my thoughts and feelings about fighting in the NHL, along with my thoughts and opinions about the Ovi and Svechnikov fight. And in segment two, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going to do a pick to see where I believe the Bills are going to wind up record-wise at the end of the year. Stick around. This is going to be a fun, fun episode. All right, we're going to start with some top stories from around sports. A big story, Russell Wilson signed to a four-year, $140 million contract. He'll have a $65 million signing bonus. Wilson becomes the highest paid player in the NFL, edging out Aaron Rodgers. The NFL schedule dropped, and the Buffalo Bills will play on Thanksgiving for the first time since a loss to the Lions in 1994. Some Bills fans are a little bit upset as Other than the Thanksgiving game, the Bills will not be featured on any other primetime game, and they are the only team to not have a primetime game. A Florida judge has blocked the release of video evidence of of the sexual services that Robert Kraft received from a massage parlor. A hearing to rule on the video is scheduled for April 29th. In the NHL, the Islanders went ahead and swept the Pittsburgh Penguins. In that series, Sidney Crosby had just one point, a assist, no goals for Crosby. Is this the end of the reign for the Pittsburgh Penguins? And the big story in the NHL, the Columbus Blue Jackets sweep the President's Trophy winning Tampa Bay Lightning. Most people had Tampa Bay coming out of the Eastern Conference and they don't even make it out of the first round. The Columbus Blue Jackets, the Columbus Blue Jackets, pardon me, handled them and handled them convincingly, beating them in four straight. That's going to do it for top stories for this week's podcast. Make sure you stick around as I'm going to talk about my thoughts and feelings on the Ovechkin and Svechnikov fight and also fighting in general in the NHL. I'm also going to do a pick for the Buffalo Bills in segment two and try to predict their wins and losses simply based on the moves that every team has made in the offseason pre-draft pick Stick around. It's going to be a great episode. You're not going to want to miss this one. Before we jump into this week's podcast, I just want to say that I really enjoy doing these podcasts. And if you enjoy listening to me do these podcasts, then do me a favor and spread the word. Share me on Twitter. Share me on Facebook. I don't care where you share me. Tell your friends. Tell a family member. Do something. Get the word out on this podcast. Let everybody know that this guy 
works really, really hard on it and that he loves doing it and that if you're a Buffalo sports fan, you're going to enjoy it. Because the more listeners I get, the more motivated I become. So like I said, spread the word on this podcast and follow me on Twitter, Sports Talk Buffalo 716. Now if you're ready, let's get rolling. All right, so I was going to save this episode for some time during the summer, but with everything going around with Svechnikov and Ovechkin and the fight that they had and the result of the fight of Svechnikov getting completely knocked unconscious, we're going to have to do this episode right now while it's hot, while everyone's listening. So I want to break down some stats first uh, to give you some context about how fighting has gone in the NHL recently. The highest fight total for a player this year is six. Six fights. And multiple players have six fights. The Boston Bruins lead the NHL with 26 fighting majors, followed by the New York Rangers with 25 and the Ottawa Senators with 22. To put that in perspective, as far as fighting majors go, what uh, used to be a more typical season in the NHL. In the 95-96 season, the Buffalo Sabres led the NHL with 103 fighting majors, followed by the Canadians with 88. And in the 96-97 season, the Bruins and the Islanders were both tied with 90 fighting majors, followed by the Buffalo Sabres with 89 fighting majors. Now the NHL has clearly wanted to get away from fighting being a mainstay in the game and being uh, kind of a sideshow to the game itself to take away from the quote staged fights that they say have been happening. But most people don't realize that these staged fights were happening because they uh, instituted what is called the instigator rule. Now, if you're not familiar, the instigator rule is you are assessed a two-minute penalty, a five-minute major for fighting penalty, and a 10-minute misconduct if the referee deems that you are the person who initiated the fight, that you're the person that gave the other guy no chance and the other gentleman had to drop his gloves. Now, obviously, that puts uh, an enforcer at an extreme disadvantage So to counteract that rule, what ended up happening was these, quote, staged fights. These guys would talk to each other before the face-off, and as soon as the puck was dropped, these guys would drop the gloves as some sort of, they, they would basically police their own game. If something were to happen in the game, the enforcer was the one who would answer the bell. The enforcer was the guy who made sure that the stars on his team, did not get taken advantage of, much like the way Jack Eichel was taken advantage of this year on the Buffalo Sabres when Zadorov blasted him after the whistle and nothing was done about it. There was a brief scrum and then it was it, it was completely forgotten about. 15 or 20 years ago, a play like that would have never happened. And that's going to kind of carry me into my next point. 
a point that I think is worth talking about. And that's the fact that I believe that the, quote, casual fans are what's ruining the NHL. An NHL that I have watched for more than two decades. It has taken something that is fierce and emotional and exciting and basically brought it down to a game of non-contact roller hockey. Now, I'm all for scoring. I'm all for more scoring. That's fine. But a hardcore fan knows that scoring goals is not necessarily what always makes a game exciting. There's a lot more than just scoring that can bring a fan out of their seat. A casual fan only sees a 6-5 game and thinks to themselves, man, that must have been a good game. But it's not always the case. Those games are fun to watch on occasion. But if they happen every single night, it loses its luster. What makes a game exciting for a more hardcore fan is scoring, yes, but stick handling, speed, passing, skill, great goaltending, hitting, and of course, fighting. The emotion of the game is unlike any other. They're playing a contact sport on a pair of very sharp blades with a weapon in their hands. The game is going to get emotional, people. And you have to let them release their emotion out on the ice. That is what makes hockey great. The fact that two guys can agree to take out their frustration on each other during the game. Now, like I said, while scoring is fun to watch at times, scoring goals back and forth doesn't create a rivalry, in my opinion. The things that create rivalry are the big hits, the fights, the the chirping between players, the raw emotion between teams and fan bases. That is what creates a rivalry. And I feel, as a Sabres fan, that... Rivalries have been completely taken out of the NHL. I don't even mind watching Toronto Maple Leafs games. As hard as that is to believe, as a Buffalo fan, you should hate Toronto. But I actually don't mind watching them. I like Austin Matthews. I like John Tavares. I like Mitch Marner. I like William Nylander. I like Frederick Anderson. I like these guys. They're fun to watch. But I miss the days of old when it was a big time rivalry, when there was lots of big hits, when there was lots of fights, there was a lot of scoring also, because those things, they also, what they do is they elevate everyone's game, because you don't want to lose to somebody that you hate. I think that's what people don't really see either, is the fact that all of those elements, they help raise the game of everyone else. Games are fun to watch still, but it's becoming so robotic. It's becoming like watching the NBA, where everyone's friends. There is no rivalries. There's no physical play. There's no emotion. Guys just, they go through the motions over and over again. As a fan of the NHL, as a fan of a a product that has changed an incredible amount over the last 
10 years, I can say that I miss all of that stuff. I used to look at the schedule and I would think to myself, man, I cannot wait for the Sabres to play against the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why? Because I hated these teams. I wanted to see Rob Ray fight Ty Domi. I wanted to see who would go after Milan Lucic. I wanted to see these things. I wanted to see how they would play out. And it just added to the intensity of every single time these guys played against each other. And that makes the game fun to watch. As a fan of the game, I can tell you that growing up, I can't remember a big-time goal being scored. I can't remember an overtime game goal. I can't remember. I can remember some big saves because we have arguably the best goalie of all time. But I can't really remember the context of some games. But I'll tell you what I can remember. I can remember all three of the brawls against the Philadelphia Flyers. The one where Hashik fought against Garth Snow. The one where Shields fought against Garth Snow. And the one where Trefiloff fought against Garth Snow. Some of the best moments in hockey history, they talk about the rivalries. And they talk about the Avalanche versus Detroit. What do they show? They show Waugh versus Vernon. They show Patrick Waugh flying through the air in a, in a line brawl. That's what they show. Because people like to see that. They like watching it. It adds excitement to the games. Here's another thing. The casual fan, they come on, they see this, this knockout of Svechnikov by Ovechkin, and they think to themselves, man, that was disgusting. That was barbaric. But they have not seen the first few games leading up to what caused that fight. They don't see the hacks, the whacks, the chirping back and forth. They can't feel the intensity of every single second on that ice. So that's why I I can't really take their opinion seriously because all they did was watch a 30-second highlight on ESPN or, or NHL Network. These people aren't the ones that have held this league up for over a hundred years. So when do we start catering to the people who have held this up over a hundred years? Over a century. The NHL has been going on. When instead of demonizing things that make the game unique, when do we start promoting it? Saying, man, this is exciting. This is something that no other sport has. The people who oppose fighting, of course, they'll say, well, fighting causes concussions. And that that leads to CTE. But what they don't understand is 95% of all concussions come from legal body checks. They don't come from fighting. So should we take out body checks too? Should we tell them to stop using hard sticks? They have to use foam sticks? What about the hard rubber puck that's coming in over 100 miles an hour? Should they make that a, 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 a soft rubber ball? The guys can all stop wearing pads. How about that? You can't wrap these guys in bubble wrap. I'm so sick of every single game that I grew up watching is, is just getting soft. 
and I hate it. I can't stand it. It's getting to a point where I don't even want to watch these sports. That's how bad it's getting. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to no end because I love sports. I love watching them. It takes me out of the reality of what's going on around me and allows me to escape into some entertainment for a few hours. But I can't escape anymore because of all of these, quote, casual fans. They want to change the game so much. Instead of just promoting all the great things about this game, they want to talk about how one guy got injured. One guy. Most of these people didn't even know who Svechnikov was before he fought Ovechkin. And that's what makes me angry. They think that they have the right to talk about it when they didn't even know who this kid was. And not only that, then you have people saying, oh, well, Svechnikov was 19 and Ovechkin's 33. Who cares? Ovechkin's got three career fights. And that was Svechnikov's first career fight. So what's the big deal? It was two guys mutually agreeing to drop the gloves and throw bombs at each other. And sometimes people get knocked out. It happens. That's life. Another survey taken. And I get this from the documentary Ice Guardians. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It is a fantastic documentary. A fantastic documentary. It helps you understand a little bit more of what the players feel. I get my statistic from that. And that 98% of NHL players want fighting in the game. At what point do we just let the players dictate what they want? These are grown men getting paid millions and millions of dollars. How come they can't decide what's right and wrong for them? If they all want to take fighting out of the game, if it becomes an an overwhelming majority of NHL players that want to take fighting out completely, then I think at that point, okay, fine. You can start having a discussion to take fighting out of the game. But at that point, you probably won't need to because fighting will be so small in the game that you won't even really need to take fighting out of the game. Another point I wanted to make about fighting in the NHL is that let's say there's a dirty hit on one of your better players. As a fan or player, do you think a suspension really feels satisfactory for the punishment that needs to be doled out to that guy who just now may have taken your one of your best players out for an extended period of time? Do you think a two-game suspension, three-game suspension is satisfying? And this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't. I don't think it's satisfying at all. I would much rather have my... Six foot four, 240 pound guy go out and break that guy's nose. And I want to watch him bleed all over the ice. Because then every time he looks in the mirror, he'll think twice about throwing that dirty body check on one of the better players in the NHL. And he'll remember it. That is satisfying to me. And I honestly think that is satisfying to players also. Because they don't have to to wait for the league to dole out justice. They can go and attain justice for themselves. And then guess what they can do? 
they can move on from that incident and they can let everyone know that if you are going to be dirty, there's going to be consequences when you play against us. So guess what happens? The other teams, they don't play as dirty anymore. They don't play as physical. They don't run your star players. They give your star players an extra foot or two of ice to work with. And before I stop my rant on our first segment, I want to leave everybody with this. If Wayne Gretzky, who is the greatest hockey player to have ever lived, felt like he needed an enforcer, that should be the only thing you need to make your decision as to whether fighting has a place or not in the NHL. All right, since the NFL schedule has come down, I thought it might be a pretty fun to do a pick em for the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go ahead and try to pick whether the Bills win or lose, and I'm also going to try to project the score. Now, every single year when the schedule drops, I constantly hear Bills fans saying, oh my goodness, the Bills are going to win 11 games, or oh my goodness, the Bills are going to win 10 games. And I kind of have a newsflash for Bills fans. We haven't won 10 games since 1999 when we lost in the first round to the Tennessee Titans and that stupid forward lateral pass. Don't mind me, I'm still just a little bit salty about that play, if you couldn't tell. But I'm going to go ahead and start off picking the Bills now. We're going to go week one. The Buffalo Bills travel to the New York Jets. I have the Bills losing that game in week one to the Jets, 24-17. to Obviously not the way the Bills wanted to start out their season. The Bills stayed down in New York and played the Giants in week two. I have the Bills winning that game by a slight margin, 21-17. to I believe that the Bills will stop Saquon Barkley. In week three, we're going to play against the Cincinnati Bengals. I have the Bills winning again by a slight margin in a more defensive battle, 17-14. to In week number four, of course, we play the New England Patriots. And as long as Tom Brady is around, I will also not ever pick against Tom Brady as he just doesn't ever lose to the Buffalo Bills in a meaningful game. So... Week number four, I have the Bills losing, and I have them losing 27-17. to Week five is a win. It is away at Tennessee. Uh, I, I do have the Bills winning, again, in another defensive battle, 17-10. to The Bills come home and play against the uh, Miami Dolphins in week seven. I have the Bills winning that game 27-20. to uh, I don't believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be able to do enough to beat the Buffalo Bills in that one. The Bills are at home again against Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Bills losing that game 31-17 to at home. In Week 9, the Bills continue their homestand against the Washington Redskins, a game I have the Bills beating the Redskins convincingly, 
31-14. to The following week, the Bills go away to play the Cleveland Browns, the new-look Cleveland Browns in Week 10, and I have the Bills losing 34-20. to I think the Browns have just too much firepower for the Bills to handle. Week 11, we are playing down in Miami this time, and I still have the Bills winning in Week 11, but by a slightly closer uh, score of 24-20. to Week number 12 is a home game against the Denver Broncos. I have the Buffalo Bills losing that game against Denver. In a more defensive battle game, it is going to be 21-14. to I think Denver's going to pull it out in Buffalo. The Bills then have a short week. They're going to play a Thanksgiving Day game, their first one since 1994 where they lost to the Detroit Lions. In the short week, I do have the Buffalo Bills losing that game and not showing much too much fight in that one offensively speaking, losing 24 to 10. The following week, I have the Bills winning against the Baltimore Ravens at home, 17-14 in a defensive battle. Week number 15 is away against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game in which I have the Buffalo Bills losing 24-14. I still think that with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Connor as their running back, that they're going to have a little bit too much for the Buffalo Bills to handle. Week 16 is going to be away against the New England Patriots. And of course, as I said before, as long as Tom Brady is the quarterback and Bill Belichick is the coach, I will not bet against the uh, New England Patriots to beat the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Bills 24-17. And to come home against the New York Jets, the Bills will close out their season with a 27-23 win against the New York Giants. This is going to go ahead and make the Bills 8-8 for the year. I have them missing the playoffs for the second year in a row. If you think that I am way off base, make sure you go ahead and leave a comment on <clears throat> pardon me, on my Twitter, Sports Talk Buffalo 716. If you agree with me, leave a like on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, especially for any more news about the Bills, the Sabres, and the UB Bulls. This has been a really fun episode for me. I had a great time with you guys. Thank you for spending time with me uh, through all of this. Again, spread the word about this podcast. Uh, I love doing it. The more ears I get to listen to me, the better. So on that note, I would like to say have a good week and thanks for listening.